Welcome to Bald Logic Podcast. This is your host, Jody Dice. We welcome you today to our latest podcast. This is episode six. This episode is brought to you by Bark.us, one of the most prolific apps out today helping protect our young people and, and our children from predators and online stuff. And at the end of the podcast, there'll be more information for you on how to look it up. So uh, go visit uh, Bark.us today. And uh, while you're there, if you choose to sign up, use the promo code SaySomething10 and get a 10% discount. And so we'd love for you to go visit our, our partners on there. Uh, today's actually a really cool episode. I've been looking forward to this one. Uh, this guy is off the chain bad. He is a, uh, he's, he's the real deal, real cool guy, and uh, he's a really tough guy. Uh, he is uh, a, uh, he's a sergeant with the Hines County Sheriff's Office. I have to kind of get all this stuff right. Uh, he also serves on the... Uh, as a task force officer with the FBI on child exploitation and uh, human trafficking task force. Uh, with that, he has a few hobbies that seem to change into a, a calling for him that uh, as a biker guy, he is the president of the Mississippi traffic uh, chapter of bikers against trafficking. And, uh, and he has a pretty sweet ride too. I have to say that's a, that's a good looking bike he has. And uh, he also star- uh, serves on the, uh, on the Metro SWAT team. Like I said, I mean, he's a typical bad guy, bad dude. Uh, he also serves on the Central Mississippi Human Trafficking Task Force. Uh, I get to serve on there with him. That's where I've met him at. And so I want to introduce you today to Sergeant Nick Brown. So, uh, Nick, welcome to the show, bro. Thank you for having me. Man, it's it's cool to have you in here. And uh, I would say I feel sorry for your wife, but, man, she does this alongside of you. I mean, you honestly make me sound a lot better than I am. Let's just. <laughs> <laughs> so he's sitting here in a SWAT uniform. So if we were a videographer, a video podcast, you would see him sitting there in his SWAT uniform and he's talking about he's not that. But uh, yeah, he's uh, he's a newlywed, man, just over a year now. Yeah, a little, about a year and a half now. Yeah. How's that adjusting for you? I mean, she puts up with me. So at the end of the day, that's all I can ask for. Yeah, she hasn't kicked me to so the curb that proves yet. She's pretty bad, yeah, though. She hasn't kicked me to the curb yet, and <laughs> she puts up with this job. You know, again, she understands it because she does it. So, yeah, she's an investigator with Richland Police Department. Mm-hmm. So, uh, how does that work out, y'all's schedules? I mean, I mean, we're both on call, so she understands if I get a call or if I'm at home and the phone rings and I have to answer, and vice versa. I mean, if she gets called out, we we have that understanding, so it doesn't really create that issue. So, I mean, it works out for us. There you go. Well, it's cool that in a lot of ways you work with your wife. I do the same. We travel all over. My wife helps us, so we have that training, and and, um, and she travels. And the bad thing about my wife is that she's also my uh, car driving governor. So, <laughs> well, mine's helped me on a couple of cases. She's come <laughs> out and she's, you know, she's helped me recover. Actually, uh, one for sure. I can remember juvenile. Um, she actually cut her off when she tried to run from me, so <laughs> she didn't. She didn't realize who my wife was, but so she's definitely come out and helped a couple times. For there sure. you go. Well, man, before we get started, I always like to take a take my guest through a little bitty. Uh, how can I say, like a sixty second drill of some questions, <laughs> and I just want to get your see how you respond to some of these. So, uh, very first one I want to throw out there to you is. Um, what makes you feel old when you think about it now? 
what makes me feel old. Uh, just this job and the, the where it, from where it started to when I started where it was and to where it is now, and watching the young guys come up, I'm, it makes you feel old quick. So you started in '04. So, so 16 years. Yeah. Which, you know, Courtney, you know, I got a lot of friends that have been doing it twice as long as that, so I can only imagine, but it's definitely changed in the 16 years. So I got another one for you. Um, what slang are you really happy has went out of fashion? What's, uh, <laughs> I honestly don't know, because I still use a lot of the old ones as a joke. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. That one, I don't do. I guess pass on that one. I don't know. You know what st- is getting me now because, like, Bo and some of the others, they'll use bet. And I'm like, bet? What, what the heck's bet? I still use that. Is that, <laughs> is, am, is that out of style? Like, I'm, do I need to change it? No, it's, it's just, I was like, I, I, you know, uh, you know, I heard for the first time the other day someone said it was a pretty radical experience or you know and i'm like that's kind of pretty 80s there bro you know yeah i don't i can't say that i've used that one recently if you could be any superhero what would you be batman all day batman batman all day it's why batman i mean he's normal but he's not i mean you got the money you got the toys <laughs> i mean it's batman so you know who you're in common with on that one <laughs> Jason Anderson, DJ Year. Yeah, I that mean, was his yeah. exact same one. But he he said Bruce Wayne. Well, same thing. So same thing. Same thing. Same thing. And uh, one last one. I got one last question for you here, and it's it's this: What are your two favorite snacks, man? Because you're always in a car somewhere. My two: Reese's and Laffy Taffy. Laffy Taffy. Yeah. You're my grandkid's new favorite guy. Hey. <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> Laffy Taffy. Well, Nick, man, it is awesome to have you here. And, uh, dude, you, uh, oh, I never, I didn't see you as a Laffy Taffy guy. Yeah. Um, I mean, you go to my office right now and open the drawer, and there's Laffy Taffy in there. <laughs> I am, I'm probably one of the weird ones. They used to laugh at me whenever I'd go work youth camps and stuff. Because late at night, I'm going to get me a 16-ounce coat and two packs of peanuts, salted peanuts, and pour in my coat. And yeah. I can st- I still swing that, bro. Yeah, I mean, if we're talking about drinks, it's Coke Icy all the way. Yeah, old-school Coke Icy's, yeah. too. Like the real ones. Yeah, true I-C-E-E, yeah. Icy, yeah. Well, man, uh, I respect what you do because you have, uh, as far as what we deal with in, in the world of human trafficking, you're one of the ones that truly is on the front line making this thing uh, not only fighting it, but you do a lot of educating, you're doing a lot mm-hmm. of training. Uh, we've, we both sit in a bunch of these meetings on a lot of that kind of stuff, and um, we have lots of parents and teachers and principals that, are, that listen to this podcast, and we go into schools all the time with the school assembly piece, and when we talk about human trafficking, I think the first concept is what everyone's always thought of. The white van. White van in my neighborhood. Yeah. The white van at Walmart. <laughs> Every time I get that question. So yeah. how many guys would be busted in white vans? None. <laughs> Actually, I'm lying. But it had, it was the white van was not the issue. He was driving the white van because it belonged 
to the miner's father, and that's what they had access to, but it had nothing to do. He didn't use the van to pick her up, none of that. He wasn't cruising Dollar no. General or none of those places. Right. Yeah, that is, if, if that's probably the biggest Facebook hoax that is out oh, there. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. That's, I'd say that hands down is one of the biggest misconceptions that we deal with is that white van myth. I mean, it, I get asked that almost every time I go somewhere. What's the youngest that you've had to work their case? That I've actually brought charges against or investigated. Investigated her case or his case that Toddler. had been exploited. Toddler. Um, luckily, nothing substantial came out of that for us to bring charges or even close to me thinking charges needed to be brought. But it's still, we we had to go through the whole process of it. Yeah. As far as bringing charges, uh I would say definitely under 15, between 11 to 15, right in there. Yeah. That's about normal, I would say. Uh, We go in a lot of middle schools, and um, I'm surprised at how quick a middle schooler is approached by somebody online. Mm -hmm. And I know you do a lot of online work. Yeah. Um, if If you could sit with these parents and just say number one thing about your kid online, what would be the number one thing you'd want them to know about it? To watch who they're talking to. I mean, and, and I know it's, you know, especially nowadays it's, you know, you, you want to give them the freedom to talk and you want to give them their own space and their own privacy. But at the end of the day, that invites a lot of problems as well. So, I mean, you definitely need to know who they're talking to. I was uh, I was talking to Jay Houston at one time, mm-hmm. and and Jay and I were talking about dangerous apps because it seems like everywhere I go, everyone wants to know what's the most dangerous app out there for kids right now. And and we were actually at a thing at Rankin County one night, the the school district. I was speaking to the uh, principals and administrators that night, and Jay and I was talking prehand, and Jay said something about that. I asked that same question. I'm like, man, I need your top 10 list. And he's like, any way that a kid can communicate with somebody and then delete it. That's the most dangerous app. Absolutely. I mean, and there's to say that one app is more dangerous than the other would be a disservice because you'd be discounting the one that they may be using. I mean, we do definitely have our commonly used just because they're the popular ones. But, I mean, I would say weekly if not daily we run across a new app that we didn't know about or we didn't expect i mean we've had them start in uh i i don't want to say the name of the game but it's a childhood game where you can message and they approached them on there and then eventually transitioned over into a different messaging app so again to say that any one's more dangerous than the other i wouldn't want to discount any one mm-hmm. uh, and you can ask, I have two grown daughters and you can ask them about the privacy that that was always an issue in our house was dad's and and privacy and privacy. And and I'm like, the privacy you have under my roof is the ability to (laughs) bathe and shower and get dressed. That's the privacy that you're extended. But as long as I'm paying the phone bill, 
as long as uh, you're on my internet, yeah. your passwords are my passwords. I can get on right. anything. If I can't get in it, then you just lost all privileges. I mean, and of course, when you grow up and I grew up, the concept and the definition of friend is different. Because now they can like a picture, have a conversation you know, once or twice and be like, that's my friend. And never met the person versus when we were growing up, it's you knew your friends. So it, it when they start talking, oh, it's just a friend. Who is just a friend? If you don't know them, you know, so I'm with you on the privacy side. Now, can you talk openly about not per se cases, but if I ask, I'm going to ask you a question, and if you can't, that's fine. All this can be edited, and we'll leave it live as it is as we're saying. But I know you do a lot of ops. What's the quickest you've had a predator respond to you? Predator or a victim? Are we talking about like I would the say trafficking it, case or the the child exploitation? I would say side? the child exploitation side. What's the quickest you've had a predator if you were posing as a child? I posed as a under 15-year-old child, and, I mean, it was within seconds. The, that first message, I can tell you from the time we sent the first message to the time that person was in custody, was less than an hour. So, I mean, it, it's that fast. So that's the thing. I I, I think in this, is I wanted parents to get a, a surreal, real understanding about it's not something that, develops over time though it can right we talk about grooming all the time and but how quick your your child uh, just you know regardless of age can be contacted by someone with ulterior motives yeah. i mean it's it doesn't like i said that one in like within seconds first message went out within the hour he was in custody and I've seen it to where these guys would just be stacked up one right after another in that same process to oh, yeah. start rolling in. And yeah, we'll have to find a room and make them <laughs> sit because we just have they'd be right behind each other. And you know, at, I'm not one of these that wants to be a a fear monger that that throws out fear and stuff. Um, it's because that's the number one thing that even in the trainings that I teach. I tell parents all the time, it's after you're done that you start hearing people say, you know, my kid's never going to another ball game again. My yeah. kid's never going to the mall. My kid's never doing this again. And I say all the time, I'm I'm not worried as much about who your kid meets. They do need to practice the whole thing about right. engaging with strangers. I'm more concerned about who with their phone or their tablet or their computer or their, their gaming system they're talking to in the privacy of their bedroom. Who are you letting in your bedroom at night? I mean, and it goes back to that white van theory. Am I going to sit here and say that kids aren't abducted and kidnapped? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Happens all the time. But majority of what we investigate, and when I do my talks, whether it's law enforcement or for the public, you know, I have an Android-based phone that's my personal phone, and I have an iPhone that's my law enforcement phone, and I'll hold them both up, and I'll say, who's got one of these? Of course, and everybody's hand goes up because that's the only two forms of phones. And I was like, if if your kid has one of these, we can contact them. A predator can contact them. They can get contacted. And the big thing is when we were growing up, I know kids now don't even understand what landlines were. Um, we didn't have these sitting next to our head at night. We didn't have cell phones 
and all the different computers and laptops and everything 24-7 available. And I don't care who you are, I'm pretty sure your kid sleeps with their phone. So when you go to bed, who's your kid talking to? Are they on Facebook reading comments that somebody left? So, you know, for sure. Not so much the social side, but I'm with you. The the internet, social media side. Yeah. And I think that's why we see bullying that's uh, or suicides that are bullying-driven. Oh, yeah. Um, I think they're bigger now than they would have been in our age. A bully with us, you go out back behind the gym and we fought it out and or yeah. whatever I mean, on the bus or something. And, and it's not just kids. Even adults right now, if you can get on so, any social media site where you can comment, let them put a picture up. Somebody's going to have something to say. Yeah. And when we were growing up, you could disconnect from it. You know, we didn't have, you know, the Facebooks and the Instagrams and all that to follow comments. So now adults and kids are sitting there reading comments, you know, and if it's hateful stuff and that's all they ever see, yeah, it's it's going to get to them. Well, in the recording of this right now, we're kind of in the middle of, or maybe on the downhill slide, I'm hoping, of this pandemic stuff. That, and um, a lot more people are online. Um, I we were talking pre-show, you know, I've probably done more Zoom meetings and, and video mm-hmm. conference calls and stuff than I've ever done in my life in the last few months. And so at the same time, people are spending more time online yeah. um, in the world of child exploitation, trafficking. Have you seen the numbers go up during this time frame? What's it looking like? I mean, like? it's definitely going to go up because you have to think, you know, before they were in school for X amount of time. Now their school has forced them online and their home online. And there's only so much stuff they can do homeschooling and they're done. And But they're sitting there online all the time. Their free time online. They can't go out. They stay online. I mean, it's it's there. I mean, plus you've all the pre-existing things that would... I'm not going to say force, but would make it possible for a suspect or a, you know, any kind of one, anybody that wants to exploit your child, all the stuff that's there that made them, your child vulnerable is just ramped up because it may be a fight that you had with your child and they get on whatever social media and say, my mom and dad don't like me, such and such happened. And they'll jump on that and conversations can start from that well if it was before this it may be you know once a week once a month but now they're home all the time fights are naturally going to happen more they're going to get upset more they're going to jump online and say stuff about it more so it just invites more stuff to happen so what would be action steps that you would tell parents today start with your kids regardless if they're Eight years old, six years old, 16 years old. Um, I mean, have you know, when I do the talks for the public, I have other people with me, obviously. Uh, and one of them, she's a very big proponent of talk to your children, tell them, you know, because there are the misconceptions out there. Sit down and talk to your child. This is what it is, this is what it looks like. If somebody's contacting you saying certain things, you know, be aware of it. Don't just blindly accept. This is your friend. And 
at the same time, if they understand that, it could foster a better understanding of their, you know, when you do start asking for passwords or you do start asking who they're talking to, they'll kind of understand it a little bit better. Um, you know, one of the things that I've tried to have a really good relationship with my kids, and I'm not going to say I'm a perfect dad, <clears throat> Because if I could go back in time, there's a thousand things <laughs> I would change. And uh, I, But I tried. Um, but uh, I've never been bashful to say that I always wanted my girls to be able to come talk to me about right. anything. And uh, But I wasn't always in a place that they could come talk to me. Right. Just for the simple fact was I wasn't a person that would respond to a situation. I was a person that would react to the situation. So yeah. if they came in and they start telling me something, I would go full-blown atomic dad and just boom. Yep. And so there was a lot of things that now that my kids are grown, one of them's actually pregnant with my fourth grandchild now, um, she was like, I thought she talked to me about everything. And now she's coming out now saying, well, you know, this and this and this happened, and I never said nothing to you about it. And I'm like, well, she's because I knew how you were going to react. I mean, yeah, definitely make it to where your children be their safe place to go, be their, their person that they can confide in. And I'm not here to take a stance on anybody's religion when it comes to sexual orientation or anything, but that is a, you know, sometimes can be a catalyst for your child seeking acceptance online if they come to you and they express whatever feeling or whatever and you shut them down or you discount it or you make them feel ashamed of it, they're going to find that acceptance somewhere. And the last place you want to be is online with a predator, period. Yeah, they're going to get what they want or what they're needing right. from somebody, I mean, whether, that's, it's, that's, whether it's a false hope right. or a false love. They're going to get it. I mean, that's basic human need. And when I teach part of my law enforcement class, we teach, you know, different things, and you have you have Maslow, and you have different things, and basically you have building blocks that are everybody needs certain things in their life to be what they consider a productive, viable human being, and you take away certain parts of that, and now you they basically depend on you, and self esteem is one of those. So yep. if you start discrediting it, all it takes them to go over here and get it from this person, and now. That that's just a way in, into that, and they can exploit that. So a parent and their their child or their teenager, they're sitting there, they're having the conversation that we're 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 talking about now, and all of a sudden um, something comes out. They've been getting text, or the young lady has um, been asked for pictures, and she sent them, and it's come out to mom and dad. What is what is what would be the step mom and dad need to take if they realize someone is either um i would for lack of a better term grooming their kid they're they're reaching out to them they're talking to them there's something going on the kids finally talk to mom and dad and it meets what we talk about right i mean there's there's i'm not going to say it's another side of the coin because there's more than two sides to all this but another aspect of it is the uh and it, it's kind of gained popularity or gained recognition recently is the sexploitation side where your child sends a photograph you know explicit whatever kind of photograph and then they'll use that to blackmail um 
but same thing if you you know if the child just is taking pictures that are explicit or not appropriate and they're sending them to somebody find out who that person is i mean it's you know google search their facebook or google search them go you know check their facebook there's different ways and if you find out this is an adult definitely contact law enforcement because that's an issue in and of itself that you have an adult trying to get these images. Um, I mean, we do have high school kids and younger exchanging photos. Right. That happens. Um, and I'm, I'm not saying, you know, call law enforcement on a child. And I'm, again, I'm not saying don't. If you feel the need to and you, you feel like that's best, then go for it, absolutely. But absolutely, if it's an adult and you find out they're sending those explicit pictures, yeah, notify law enforcement because that's something that your child may not be the only one. You know, there's no telling what what you may uncover by one phone call. We were in a school assembly in uh, Rapid City, South Dakota, and at the end of the assembly, we had a um, ninth grade girl come up to us, and uh, she was a Asian girl, and she was just petrified. Didn't want to tell her mom and dad, and she showed us the phone. And these these guys had been texting her, wanting pictures, and she did send them with like without her shirt on, but with you know with her bra on, but you know no nudity at the point. But they were getting to that right. point. But then there were they were there was little threats in there with it. If you don't do this, and and honestly, she had gotten those texts probably within five hours of us coming and doing the assemblies. And she was freaking out, you know, and so she talked to Leah, our survivor, you know, about it. And so luckily the head of the task force up there was with us and he Mm -hmm. was the Homeland Security director up there. And he he took took it over immediately and they began to pursue it and come to find out the two guys were from Las Vegas. Right. But they said they lived in Montana, which is, you know, Billings wasn't that far from, from Rapid City. And, and so it was just, it just, just like that, just that quick. You know, anyone can pretend to be whoever online. Absolutely. And they can say that they live down the street from you and live halfway around the world. I mean, that's common. I mean, when you're talking about, you know, adults trying to exploit children, you know, it's it's common for them to have aliases online and that kind of stuff. That's why I say just because you they're exchanging pictures, if especially if threats start happening, threat takes it to a whole new level. But be that safe place that your kid can come to and say, hey, I know I messed up. I sent this picture, but now it's kind of gone in, in an ugly direction or a, you know, they're, they're trying to force me to do these things. You know, you want your child to come tell you that so that you can address it. You know, you don't want them to feel pressured to the point where they just keep on progressing those photos. You know, and then eventually, you know, they end up in a, in a bad place. Yeah. Well, you also serve as the president for Bikers Against Trafficking for the Mississippi chapter. Yes. And uh, uh, tell me a little bit about the organization and and what you guys are doing right now. So we we're not the newest. We just had another one start in another state, but we are still new. We got started here in this state in January. Um, originally, was started in Florida by a husband and wife who are both survivors. And you know when I Started looking into it. It was one of those, like, I wasn't sure if I wanted to jump off into that world. But it was a way for me to marry what I love doing outside of work and still be able to promote what I do at work. Um, 
because it, you know, I talk about this where I go all the time. So why not? Um, you know, I talked to them and started reaching out to them. They were kind of like me. It was like we didn't really expect it to be what it is. They were just a group of friends that rode and then started spreading their word, and then it just exploded from there. And like I said, we're in multiple states now, and actually in Canada. So, I mean, it's we. So, do how all, many chapters would you say you guys? Uh, I know we have Florida here, Iowa, Kentucky, Canada. I have to go back and look. I'm. Um. Wisconsin, and I think that's – I may be missing one if I am. I'm sorry. Um, he put me on the spot with that one. Um, well, I have I have friends all over the country that ride. I, in fact, as, I'm, as we're sitting here, I'm thinking about a good friend of mine that lives up in Minnesota. He's a big bike guy. Now, he's not a – He's not a big cruiser Harley guy, but he's yeah. he's one of these touring bike guys that travel all over. And so um, anyone that brings attention and awareness to human trafficking and the exploitation, that is, that's a phenomenal deal. And be honest with you, uh, everyone rides riding a bike, man, there. I love to watch bikes pass each other yeah. on the trace or something. Yeah, they're man. Every time. <laughs> everyone sticks an arm yep. out. And, it's the microwave. You know, yeah, we go up Smoky Mountains. You'll see them pass, you know, and all, and, and that's really cool. But so, if if you're listening to this, and and we have those that do ride, and and you don't have a a Bikers Against Trafficking chapter in your state, and would like to start one, where would they go to do that? Uh, BikersAgainstTrafficking dot org. Um, it's got all the information on there. There's uh, if you want to start your own chapter, uh, you can also find out if you have a chapter in your state. I think I hit all the ones. So if you didn't hear your state, then maybe we have to start your own. And that's kind of how I did. I was like, well, there's nobody here that does it. And I reached out, found out um, we are not a club, you know, and that's a, a huge misconception. And if you're not in the biker world, I mean, you understand the difference in clubs and associations. That's right. Um, we don't we don't wear the same style patches. You know, we don't do a lot of the same things. We're just an association. We do a lot of events where we're just spreading information. Um, but absolutely, if you want to be a part of it, reach out. Each chapter kind of, you know, does, we all have our own rules, the, the main rules, and then each chapter has their own. Um, but yeah, reach out. You know, you can come to the events. You can, you know, be a part of the events. If you kind of like here, I can speak for Mississippi, like I said, because I am the president of this chapter. If you come to me and say, hey, I want to get involved and I want to spread information and I want to bring awareness to it, Great. The next time we go, you know, COVID's kind of shut us down, but we have tents that will pop up. We have tables, flyers, um, you know, all that. And I kind of stole something from the Hellfighters. They'll let kids come take pictures on their bike. We do the same thing. Well, you know, That's if a cool. kid wants to jump on the bike, we'll take pictures and we'll talk to them. And, you know, it's breaking down a lot of that misconception, giving them somebody to talk to. And we've actually had people come up and say, hey, I'm a recovering victim. My family is a survivor. My, you know, I think this is what's going on in my house or my friends. Who can they talk to? And we'll give out numbers. You know, we have no matter where we are, I can get them in touch with somebody. That's right. And I and I love the fact that you're you're involving kids. I mean, um, we ha- we have a car show every year here at this location mm-hmm. where we record at at um, uh, one hundred one Parkway Road and Brandon on just off Spillway Road. And 
we have it. It's an annual car show called Burnout Trafficking Car Show. And last year, a guy shows up in a Lambo, and he's letting kids crawl up in the Lambo. I'm like, there is no way a kid would be crawling up my Lambo right now. And this dude's just letting them get in there and get their pictures and stuff because they probably never would get in another one. And uh, and so this year's car show is August 17th, so we're expecting Bikers Against Trafficking yeah. be we, set up here. We bro. had that talk before that we yeah. were going to try to join up with y'all on. And especially now that everything's kind of shut us down on events, you know, I think pooling our resources would probably be, a, you know, as far as bike shows and entertainment, stuff like that, that we had planned, just, you know, get it with y'all. And I think we'd be productive without yeah. a doubt. Yeah. So if if you're, if you have a bike or, or you don't have a bike and wish you had a bike or once had a bike and don't have a bike. Or a car. Hey, car. Yeah, you show up. Uh, yeah, I'm a rat rotter. So I need to see if there's rats against trafficking. R-A-T. Well, you can start one. If not, I'll just start yeah, yeah. rats against trafficking. I'm a rat rotter. I love, love the old gnarly, nasty, rusty, need a tetanus shot if you've ridden type ride. You know, <laughs> but uh, uh, that will be August 17th. And so, man, we'd love for anyone to come. I, we have all kinds of awards. We have bike division. We actually give away uh, three different divisions, first, second, third, and three different divisions in bikes. So, but more than that, we just love hanging out with people and talking and, and spreading the message about human trafficking and, and stuff. And Nick, you're one of our heroes, bro. Appreciate what you're doing, man, out there on it the fight. It takes both of us. It's everybody. It ain't just me. It is, but uh, you stick your neck out there, law enforcement. Uh, you know, we, we love and respect you guys and, and everything that you do for us to keep us safe and others safe. And I hope this isn't your last time on Bald Logic, man. You know my phone number. All you got to do is call. Hey, I'll do it. Because Nick does not qualify for Bald Logic. He's got got hair. I don't. So, uh, yeah, that's why we we call it Bald Logic. I went bald in the academy. It was not a good look for me. Hey, you know, some some heads are perfect and some are hidden under hair. Mine is not. (laughs) And I admit that. Yeah. Well... Thank you for being here today, man. And uh, I appreciate you having me. Oh yeah, and in the show notes at the uh, when you go look up on our show notes, we'll have the contact information for Bikers Against Trafficking, their social media, and 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 their website, so that you can get on there. Uh, Nick comes in and does training for law enforcement, and any other specific ones that you feel comfortable training. You know, yeah, I mean, we did. Um, we I did one in Fondren with. Uh, Mississippi Coalition, um, that's uh, Lindsay's group, and then I've done one for the Tower, which is the safe house here. Mm-hmm. We did a Tower Talk in Richland, uh, I think that was December, I could be mixing my dates up, but I'm going to say that was December, and I know before all this uh, coronavirus happened, then we had other ones planned, so we we do public ones, but... As far as the training, that I try to keep, they're obviously two different worlds. So it's, you know, I try to do both of them as much as I can, though. So we'll have those things where you can reach out to him. We'll have you uh, put up an email address so anyone can, uh, if you wanted to book Nick to come in and speak or, or do a training for you, especially some of you uh, that listen to this that are in other agencies around the nation or, or in our region. Um, or maybe you want to bring Bikers Against Trafficking in and do kind of a show and, and a, an expo at an event that you have. Again, we'll have his social media posted here. So thanks again uh, for being here, bro. And yeah, like I said, I appreciate it. Well, as I was saying at the beginning of the show, we're brought to you by Bark. Bark is an app 
we always have parents all the time that ask us what is uh, something that they can use to to protect their kids. And I mean, we've researched tons and tons of applications out there. Uh, there's always seems to be a back door. If you go to Bark's iTunes and look at the app, their ratings are horrible. And the reason is you'll see parents give it a four-star, five-star rating, and the kid's giving it a one-star <laughs> rating because they're like, my parents have made my life horrible. They know everything that's going on. Well, that makes me like them even more so. And they've actually started uh, supporting Say Something school assemblies that we're part of and a part of Bald Logic. Uh, they right now are protecting over uh, 5.2 million children. Uh, they actually have statistical numbers where 16 school shootings were prevented by the social media being able to pick up the uh, indicators of that. Um, over 40,000 severe self-harm situations were detected through the apps and were able to get the students uh, and the children their help. So keep your kids safer online um, and go subscribe to Bark today. If you sign up today, if you go to bark.us at the promo code, put in say something 10, you'll get a 10% discount. And so we encourage you to go visit them today. It's bark.us. And uh, go look at it. Go check it out for yourself if you want to protect your kids. So, again, thank you for being here today. Uh, thank you for being a part of Episode 6. Go rate. Uh, go give Bald Logic a five-star rating wherever you're at because if you were sitting here with us, we'd give you a five-star rating for listeners if there was some way to do it. And we appreciate this. Y'all are doing a phenomenal job of putting this out and spreading it. And be sure to share the podcast on your social media and stuff. For anyone that needs to hear this, um, get the word out, get the message out for what's going on. We appreciate you guys.